My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. And welcome to the Daily Oz. Bit of a different voice in your ears now. Yeah, hang on a minute. It's Wednesday, the 31st of August. I am Billy. I'm the TDA editor, and I'm standing in for Zara today. And I'm still Sam, standing in for me. All members of the new parliament have now submitted their declaration of interest form, meaning that for the first time, we have a sense of what some conflicts of interest might be. In today's deep dive, we'll tell you what you need to know about the declarations. But first, Sam, there was some massive news yesterday. Former teacher Chris Dawson was found guilty of the 1982 murder of his wife, Lynette. The judgment was handed down in the New South Wales Supreme Court yesterday and follows a 2018 true crime podcast by The Australian that investigated the suspicious circumstances surrounding Lynette Dawson's death. Chris Dawson was charged with murder in 2018 and was extradited to Sydney from his Gold Coast home to face trial. The New South Wales and Victorian governments have committed to establishing 25 urgent care clinics each in a move that hopes to ease the strain on nurses and doctors across those states. New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet and the Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews made the announcement in Melbourne yesterday with Andrews calling it a common sense investment. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has announced a $70 million investment to help employers diversify their workforce and upskill workers to address an impending labour shortage in the state. During the announcement, Palaszczuk said that an extra 281,000 jobs will need to be filled in Queensland by 2025 and that the new investment would help fill this gap. And today's good news, Serena Williams has won the first round match of what could be her final US Open campaign. The 40-year-old athlete announced earlier this month that she was evolving away from tennis, adding on Instagram that she would relish these next few weeks. Today we're talking about declaration of interests. Why don't we start with what they are? Okay, so all members of parliament, they have to declare their interests when they come into office. And it's where members are asked to list anything that may conflict with their public duty. So the reason for this is that, of course, members of parliament vote on legislation and that can have serious consequences for Australians, including financial losses and gains. So, for example, if a minister is pushing for legislation that impacts a company, but they're also a shareholder in that company, that legislation could have real financial consequences for them personally. So the Declaration of Registered Interests is about guaranteeing transparency so that if a minister is pushing for legislation that could benefit them, the public is informed and can hold them accountable to that. You mentioned shares there. What else do members of parliament have to declare? So as well as any shares that members have in private or public companies, parliamentarians also need to declare any real estate that they own and any other investments or liabilities that they hold. And this also includes gifts valued over $750 that are received in an official capacity. 
And interestingly, it's not just themselves. They also have to be declared for their partners and also their dependent children. So that means basically that if a child of a politician got an $800 PlayStation 5, the hottest model, it would have to be declared? Is that what? No, that's not true. (laughs) So because a gift like a PlayStation would probably come from one of their parents or Santa Claus, that doesn't need to be declared because that hasn't been given to the child in an official capacity. Does that make sense? Yeah, and Santa Claus is real, right? (laughs) Moving on. Well, why don't we move on to the leaders of the parties? What did we learn in these disclosures about what Prime Minister Anthony Albanese owns? So the PM registered three properties. He registered two residentials, so one in Sydney in Marrickville and one in Canberra. And he also registered one investment property in his declaration. And he didn't list any shareholding. So the Prime Minister has no shares according to his registration. But he did list the following gifts. So he included tickets to a Jimmy Barnes concert gifted by Jimmy Barnes himself. I'm impressed that those are worth more than $750. Well, he's clearly not a working class man, is he? Vinyl records and band T-shirts from New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern and a bamboo bicycle from the President of Indonesia. And let's go across the aisle now. What does Peter Dutton have in the bottom drawer? So opposition leader Peter Dutton, he disclosed two properties, one residential investment property and also a farm. And he also registered a domestic flight in June paid for by Hancock Prospecting, which is a mining company owned by business magnate Gina Reinhardt. He also declared a tractor valued over $7,500 and he also declared a membership of the Qantas Chairman's Lounge. Billy, I wanted to read you some headlines we saw yesterday in relation to the member for North Sydney, Kylie Tink. Shareholder activism, Teal MP Kylie Tink defends fossil fuels and one publication also said climate independent MP defends fossil fuel shares. Talk me through this. So Kylie Tink is one of the Teal Independents. She is the member for North Sydney and she declared shares in two oil companies. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to point this out that lots of parliamentarians invest in oil and fossil fuels. But the reason that she received so much backlash over this is that she campaigned on emissions reduction and climate action at the most recent election. And she obviously won that election now being the member for North Sydney. So as you pointed out there, Sam, there were a few headlines around about this, which prompted a response from Tink herself. And she defended her decision, saying that she only purchased small shareholdings in these companies. And she also said that she did so to act as a shareholder activist. It's interesting to me that there are other politicians who are also invested in fossil fuels. Who are they? I'll tell you in just a moment, but first a message from our sponsor. Okay, we are back. You asked me, Sam, who else had invested in fossil fuels? And again, like I said before, there are lots of parliamentarians who invest, like Rowan Ramsey and Tony Zappia. And two other notable names is Barnaby Joyce and David Littleproud, who both list shares held by their dependent children in BHP. But one that I think is interesting is Bridget Archer. So she is a Liberal member from Tasmania, and she's declared shares in mining and iron ore companies. And the reason that this is interesting and has drawn some attention is because she has previously spoken in support of greater climate action and recently even crossed the floor to vote with the Labor government on their 2030 emissions target bill. When TDA reached out to Archer's office, they said that she purchased the shares many years ago and that they are worth less than a few hundred dollars. 
This might be a bit of a weird take, but the thing that really jumps out to me when you're talking through all of these issues, Billy, is just how lucky we are to be inside a system that has these sort of levers so that we kind of know, I mean, presuming that everyone's being honest here, that we know what our politicians' other interests might be. I mean, I can think of dozens of countries around the world where that kind of thing would just never happen. And that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that we can actually see that Anthony Albanese was given a gift of two tickets to a Jimmy Barnes concert because then if he passed a law that was in favour of Jimmy Barnes, we'd understand the link between the two. We don't know if it was two tickets. It could have been an entire row for all we well, know. it must have been above $750. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there were some good seats. Thanks so much for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe. Zara will be back in the chair tomorrow morning. Until then, have a sensational hump day. <laughs>